Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me. Uh, I tell you what, let me just remind you, uh, spread the word about the word, if you don't mind. Let everybody know about this podcast time. Uh, these things are usually uh, word of mouth, okay? And so if we could spread the word, if each one of us would just tell one or two people, it would make such a tremendous difference on what we're seeking to do, what we feel like the Lord is leading us to do, and really just encouraging folks and exhorting folks in the Word. What we've been looking at is in the book of Galatians, and we're going to return there to the fourth chapter right now. And Paul is sort of bringing everything to a forehead and understand it. Forehead? <laughs> bringing everything to a point. Where did that come from? Uh, he wants them to see some things right here related to the relationship that he had with them and the fact that he's telling them not to be tripped up anymore, not to go back to that law that he had told them about this kind of stuff and to remember on those things. Remember the days when they first met. Remember how they had received him literally as an angel of God, literally as the Lord Jesus Christ. To remember how their lives had been transformed and how they had come to know God. He's telling them, please remember this. So I'm going to back up to verse 12 where we were uh, our last time together, the fourth chapter, because it sets the scene of just the emotion. Listen to this. I beg of you, brethren, become as I am, for I also have become as you are. You have done me no wrong, but you know that it was because of a bodily illness that I preached the gospel to you the first time. And that which was a trial to you in my bodily condition, you did not despise or loathe, but you received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus himself. Uh, there's one last principle I want us to see from these three verses right here before we go to the next two or three verses. And it's this. Paul knew that some things were being said about him. We've seen that all the way through the letter. There were false accusations. There were things that were being twisted and perverted to the purpose and the agenda of drawing people back into the law. He could have, and he defended himself very strongly. He could have been mad and irritated about that. He could have let it just lay there. But I think you see a principle right here for how we are to act and we're to react when there is a, a division that's coming about between brothers, because he called them brethren right here. He reached out to them. He reminded them of a better time. He reminded them of the beginning. He was not about to let the enemy come in and still kill and destroy this relationship. And he initiated. He reached out. You know, quite often we'll sit there and say, well, I haven't done anything. And so if they got a problem with me, then they need to come to me and, you know, take care of it. You very well may not have done anything. But if you find out that your brother has a problem with you and you know about it, we have a role and a responsibility to seek reconciliation. Would that not change the body of Christ and the way we function? So look at the next verse that he says, verse 15. <laughs> he says, where then is that sense of blessing you had? He asked him a question. He said, hey, where, where's that sense of blessing you once had? In other words, the blessing that we had to start with and, uh, and when you were initially saved, where has it gone? He's pointing something out that they likely did not want to have pointed out or they may not have even been aware that something had changed. Something had been transformed here. And this is what happens when the religious spirit jumps upon us. This is what happens when we come along and say Jesus plus something else. 
you will find yourself becoming hard of heart. You'll find yourself becoming a, a pharisaical of spirit. We'll find ourselves walking away from the freedom and the liberty that the Lord gave us when we were saved. He sort of picks up what he's talking about in the earlier verses. Watch this. Where then is that sense of blessing you had? For I bear you witness that if possible, you would have plucked out your eyes and given them to me. And when you just read that verse sort of by itself, you think, what is that all about? But when you see it in the context, the immediate context of this chapter, the context of the letter, it makes complete sense. He had some type of physical problem that made him stop in that region. He couldn't travel any further. He preached the gospel message while he was there. It was some type of a distressful, loathsome type of thing, something that you would look upon to despise somebody. Now he says, I know, and I'm going to bear witness of how you acted to me, that you would have plucked out your own eyes and given them to me. That's how much they loved him. That's how much they were concerned about him. So to me, that goes beyond just a little hint. That is a major understanding that he had a problem with his eyes, whatever it was. There was something that was obvious with his eyes. And if you've ever had any form of an eye infection or something like that, you, you can imagine what it might have been. Now, we don't know what it was. But it was to such a degree that he's saying, you love me so much that if it was possible, you would have plucked your own eyes out and given me your eyes because of the condition I was in. And he's not just reminding them of this of, as a history lesson. He's drawing home and understanding how much they love one another, okay, of what a blessing it was to be together. And he's saying, where is this sense of blessing? So now he comes on the next verse and asks another question. Listen to this question. So, have I become your enemy by telling you the truth? Oh, see, they were already wondering what to know about Paul because of what they had experienced in Paul, who they experienced with Paul, the transformation they'd received by believing the message that Paul brought, the gospel of the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then all of a sudden these other folks come in and they're saying these things about Paul. And they're saying all this stuff, well, you have to believe this way and that, that way and all this kind of stuff. He says, now, are you going to hate me because I'm telling you the truth? Have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Listen to this last verse that we're going to look at for today. Verse 17. They eagerly seek you, not commendably, but they wish to shut you out so that you will seek them. So he's speaking to those who are true believers that had been there and been transformed. He said, am I, am I your enemy now for telling you the truth? And I, I can nearly, I'm actually doing it right now unintentionally. I can nearly see Paul and hear him whispering this. They eagerly seek you, not commendably, but they wish to shut you out so that you will seek them. He's speaking of these Judaizers. He's speaking of the false brethren. There's so much and that one little verse, he said, they want to shut you out. Shut you out of what? They want to shut you out of the freedom and the liberty that you have in the Lord Jesus Christ. The freedom of a life empowered by the Holy Spirit, unlike anything I dare say most of us have experienced, even though we may be very religious, even though we may have been in church every day of our lives, you know, there is a freedom and a liberty in the Lord that if you do not walk in that, then you are not experiencing the true life. And he said, they want to shut you out of that. Why do they want to shut you out? It tells us 
so that you will seek them. Whoa. I tell you what, folks, I think we've all seen that multitudes of times, many, many times. Let me just say it. It's a sad statement, but far too many, if not the majority of quote unquote church leadership do exactly this thing. They want to shut you out of the liberty of the Lord Jesus Christ because they want you to seek them. It has to do with control. Okay? It has to do with control. Most of the leadership of the body of Christ is absolutely terrified of the body of Christ functioning within the freedom and the liberty of the Spirit and the freedom and the liberty of God. If I confront them with it, they go, oh, no, 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 no. I, I want the body. I want the body to do what the Lord wants. I want them to lead out. I want to. But when you see what they do indeed, what they actually do in service, what they actually do in the job, for instance, it denies what they say. They are totally terrified of the body of Christ functioning freely as the Lord calls them to do. Uh, as you lead within the body, all of us lead in some form or fashion. But as you lead, seek to do it empowered by the Spirit, rejecting that fraudulent, false leadership of man which seeks to bind. That only kills, steals, and destroys. Tell you what, our time is up. We'll pick up this thought right here and build upon it our next time, okay? I'm Dale. I'll see you then. Bye-bye.